Alright, so welcome to episode 6 of the Voyages of the Black Dog. We are currently at our final destination for this trip in Cape Charles, Virginia. So, uh, just just to start off, we had, a, we had a really awesome couple of days. We pulled in uh, to the mouth of the Chesapeake on Wednesday, about Wednesday uh, afternoon, we, we crossed over the bridge. Um, so, after rounding Cape Hatteras, we made good time around Cape Hatteras. Although it got really, really cold that night once we had exited the Gulf Stream. I remember that being particularly chilly. Uh, and then we uh, we were able to continue under sail for the rest of that for a good chunk of the morning until the winds finally died out. Uh, the winds were slowly dying and little by little we, we shook the reefs out of this, the, the main and the jib until we were under full sail. Um, for me personally, I had a cool experience because when we were coming in, I heard over the radio that uh, somebody was hailing the Isbjorn, which is a boat of this guy named Andy Shell, who has a really cool 59 Degrees uh, North podcast, which I enjoy listening to. But we anchored in Mob Jack Bay. So uh, I think we did, what did we determine our, our time was from leaving Charleston Harbor to uh, the mouth of the Chesapeake? I think we were looking at three days and six hours uh, under the Chesapeake Bay, Bay Bridge Tunnel. So that's pretty darn quick. We averaged um, about five and, a half, five and a half knots. So we're, we're looking at, um, I think we're looking, we did 430 something nautical miles about. Um, how many? It was, I think when we did our initial plot uh, for a month ago, was, we were looking at roughly 436 to 450 nautical miles. Oh, okay, I thought it was close to 480, but yeah, that's probably about right. Uh, could yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was good. You know, we, I think we had a nice mix of uh, sailing experiences. Yep. Um, we've done, mm -hmm. we used the spinnaker. We, we attempted did. to use it in too heavy a weather, the weather kicked up. and. Uh, I didn't have it quite right. rigged right, and that caused us some right. problems. So we quickly doused it after about 30 seconds. I'm not even sure we actually got it fully, fully deployed. And we sailed um, with the jib and the staysail out for a while. Uh, we actually even sailed, I think, with later on with the spinnaker and the we, staysail out for a while. Oh, uh, we did. I know we used the spinnaker off the coast of Virginia yeah, Beach. I think. Again, yeah, yeah, in, in lighter winds, so we enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday we had a, a pretty good run, wing on wing, using our whisker ball for the first time. Right. So that was good setting yeah. that up. Right. Yep. And it worked very well. Yeah. So uh, Wednesday night we anchored off in Mob Jack Bay, which was nice. It was it was a nice place to anchor, nice little quiet, and it was recommended to us by Tonic. Tonic, um, which uh, uh, for us would be you know like the old uh, sort of gin and tonic motif. So. Uh, this guy had a nice boat tonic and he was from Mob Jack and he gave us some good spot to anchor. And then on yesterday, which was Thursday, uh, we we started up into the, you know, we started going north into Chesapeake Bay and we had the intent of visiting Tangier Island, uh, which was a place that I think both Bill and I had wanted to go. Uh, Bill had read about it. I've known somebody who, who went there, a pilot friend who had flown in there. And uh, it, it was quite an interesting town. and. Just, uh, you, you know, what was your, you know, everybody kind of, what was your initial impression of, of Tangier Island? What, what did you kind of walk away with from that? Well, I, it reminded me of the town I grew up in, 
because it was about the same size, mm -hmm. only we weren't quite as isolated, being that we weren't an island. We were just a small rural community. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a lot of that same small town feel. Everyone knew everyone, and not just to say hi, everyone knew everyone's business. Yes. And it just was like a reminder of what it was like growing up 50 years ago. Yeah. I think one, one thing that kind of struck me was when Bob and I, we went to this great place. We went to, uh, we, had a, we had a nice dinner at uh, Hilda Crockett's Chesapeake House, which was uh, nice. We had a lot of good food. Uh, uh, I think we, we had, there was like some ham and a potato salad, coleslaw. Beets. Beets, pickled pickle beets. beets. Yeast bread, corn pudding, crab. Crab cakes. Uh, crab cakes. Clam fritters, uh, pound cake for dessert. Mm -hmm. I know I missed a couple. Yeah, but, but I know you can eat. Right, but uh, <laughs> it was all, yeah, an idea. It was very cool. They served family style, uh, which I haven't seen in a long time, but it, it was very neat. And uh, we met another cruising couple there, um, Hank and Janet, and they have a boat called the Salt Lake, and they're they're great loopers. They're doing the great loop. Yeah, they got a trawler doing the great loop. Trawler. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was kind of neat to to meet them. Although they didn't bring the trawler into Tangier Island, like we had sailed into Tran Tangier Island, uh, they didn't bring the trawler. I believe they took the ferry over. But mm -hmm. yeah. what well, one of the things that kind of struck me was when Bob and I had gone out to this Four Brothers Crab Shack, and I guess every their season kickoff is free ice cream for everyone on the island, uh, and obviously it was a, a very packed thing. But we're standing in line there, and people are in line uh, just waiting, and there's not a smartphone in sight. Kids are running around playing, throwing balls around to each other. Adults are talking to each other. Uh, nobody had a smartphone out, and obviously, because you couldn't, we had literally no cell reception there. I think we had enough reception that we could send out some text messages to, to some family, let them know that we were safe. But generally, I couldn't I couldn't make an outgoing call. Right. Yeah. What I, what I found interesting is it's a obviously a very small island getting uh, smaller by the year apparently because of sea rise and, and erosion but the the surrounding marsh is really fairly extensive I would say at least double or triple the size of the, the relatively dry land and the the harbor you can approach it from the west or the east cuts right right through the marsh but leaves all the dry land just on one side and the fishing boats, very you know, uh, substantial local fishing industry, they had utilized the other side of the harbor, very narrow, uh, with many pilings and docks and, and little houses that they would use as their, their business. And uh, there was no dry land, uh, then they'd obviously have to take a small boat and come back over to the, the land side of the harbor. But um, uh, I found that very interesting. I remember seeing a picture beforehand and, and not quite understanding if this was where people lived or, um, as I've come to find out, where basically their businesses were. Yeah. Um, it, it was definitely a very, uh, it was a, definitely a, a very simple, very quaint, it's very nice, you know, they have a simple way of life, but they look really happy. You don't see like you know nobody. Uh, yeah, but in, in fairness, it also looked a little bit like depressing. the best of their times had had passed. Yeah, I mean, you know people would con confess that 
they certainly don't get the visitors they had anymore mm -hmm. and I think you could quite easily see that many of the houses um, weren't being kept up maintenance wise and and that their best days had clearly been behind them and I, I um, think so but I don't think they think of it that way I think they're I think they're generally happy people well, you, you know they're, they're content what they have I know sometimes we get in like oh we got to have this or we got to do this to the house or whatever I think maybe they do what needs doing but I think that they're generally just Fair enough pretty happy yeah Matt anything you've been pretty quiet over there no okay fine. all right um so anyway, uh, we, we did have uh, we did have one minor issue in Tangier, and that was when we got back to the boat after dinner. We were actually resting on on the mud. Um, I mean, not really, you know you know not to the point of where the boat was leaning over, but we were definitely uh, touching bottom. And we did while we had wanted to um, we had looked forward. We were speaking to the folks at the Chesapeake House about the breakfast that they served there, and we were all pretty hungry for that breakfast. Uh, However. Yeah, however, we, we looking at the tide charts, we knew that we had to be out of there early, so we got up bright and early this morning, and, and, and we, we just got out because we had to, uh, due to some navigational concerns with the water level. However, we made good time to Cape Charles, which is our final resting point. Unfortunately uh, motoring. Unfortunately motoring. I think the winds were dead on our nose, and it was just, uh, the seas a little bit rough. It just was not the right time to be under sail for us, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, it's similar to what we had the first day out, although not quite as rough. But again, the wind's right on our nose and not really conducive to what we're trying to do. But we got into Cape Charles in good time, and it, this is a nice happening little town. Uh, so where Tangier is a town, maybe it's not on the, on the rise. It looks like Cape Charles certainly may be uh, coming up. Or is coming back. Coming back. Yeah. We met uh, we met another guy, Jim. He also has a boat called the Black Dog. We thought it was very cool. Yeah. Um, He's more almost uh, almost next to us. Yep. And uh, he has boat cards, which is something that Bob needs to get. <laughs> boat cards, Bob. Yeah. Um, but it w this is a we we walked around town. We saw some really nice art. We saw some really nice art galleries. The uh, what was the gentleman's name from from Connecticut, Gordon Greenwich? Something. Gordon. Gordon. He runs a sort of an aerial photography gallery, and he, he puts all his prints on like some sort of metal plate. And he's got some really nice shots on his gallery on on the main drag here. Yeah. His plan is to photograph the entire East Coast. Sounds rather ambitious. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. But he. So. He's got like a nice little, I don't know what you call that, I almost call it an air light, but I'm not sure what it is. They, basically, it's, it's something that they would normally use to tow hang gliders. Yeah, sort of an ultralight. Ultralight. Yeah, ultralight, yeah. But he's got, uh, but yeah, he had some really nice stuff in his gallery. We hit a nice pub, uh, Kelly's Ginger ginger Nut Pub. Yeah, and very nice pub. Oh yeah, we had, it was. We had a good dinner. We had a good dinner there. I, I really enjoyed the... Yeah, previously a bank. Previously a bank, and they have a. I guess the bar is like the, the teller's counter, and then the upstairs where the managers used to sit. I uh, the back where we were sitting were like the, the cubicles or the cubby holes for the bank employees. Like I guess uh, interviewing people or doing whatever you know the office staff does. But uh, nice restaurant. The food was great. I had a shepherd's pie which I really enjoyed. I think Bob, would you have? 
Um, I had the crab cake uh, sandwich. How did that uh, compare to the uh, crab cakes you had on Tangier? Did you pick one of the other different? No, very, very good. Comparable. Okay. I had the she, she crab soup, which was good. I wouldn't say it was it was excellent, but it was good. Um, but a fun, nice little place, nice little local place. Yep. Bill, do you remember what you had? Uh, I also had the she crab soup. I thought it was uh, like Bob said, it was good. It wasn't exceptional, but it was good. And uh, I had fish and chips, which were uh, better than most fish and chips. And I had a couple really good beers. Yeah. Uh, you had that. I had the double cream. You had the double cream, which is pretty good. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah. And then later on, when we yeah. snuck back there for uh, dessert, I had a, a porter, which was excellent. Yep. And then Matt, you had the oysters. You snuck back. Well, the, the the brown dog was closed. There's an ice cream <laughs> shop here called the Brown Dog, and we we sort of we sort of thought we'd like to go back for some ice cream, but they they're only open on the weekends apparently. Well, it seems to be a, a tradition around here that they open yeah. the uh, Memorial Day weekend and they right. have free ice cream uh, for one day to open the season. Right. And that's what Brown Dog is doing tomorrow, and I heard that. People drive for hours, come down here to uh, right. just have some brown dog ice cream. Yeah, but if if you look at their store hours, right. okay. uh, if, you, if you look Shut at up, if you look at <laughs> yeah, if you look at their stores, they're like twelve to eight, twelve to eight only on the weekends, like and like Monday through Friday closed. So, uh, but it sounds like their season opener is tomorrow, probably around noon, right around when we're leaving. Yep. But we might uh, sneak it in. We might not. We'll see no. how it goes. Uh, how were the oysters, Matt? Did you did good? Oh. Uh, steamed oysters were uh, exceptional, and uh, that, along with an ice cream salad, couldn't ask for more. Yeah, very nice. And and we did have a chance to walk around town a little bit. Again, a lot of nice art galleries down here. Uh, hey, interesting place. It's yeah. got yes. It's got a uh, uh, <laughs> concrete manufacturing bridge component uh. industry across the harbor. Uh, this side of the harbor, there's a uh, uh, a rail to to barge transport yard, and uh, that was it's probably 140 years old, I would think, um, maybe even a bit older. And saw a lot of the old locomotives there. So Bill felt uh, like he was in heaven, sailing into a harbor and hopping off and visiting the trains. Looking, looking at trains, what could be better? Yeah. And we also found out that the uh, Concrete uh, manufacturers are also building pieces of the uh, new Tappan Zee Bridge in uh, New York. That's well, very there's cool. conflicting reports on that now. Uh, maybe by the Bayonne, maybe Bayonne, Bayonne, Bayonne Bridge. Bridge. Oh, Bayonne. Maybe right. it's both. Could be We're both. Not sure. It might Could be both. both. Yeah. No. Okay. So let's talk about the, the the sort of voyage overall. So, Bob, I'm going to start with you. I think, uh, what do you think went really good about this trip? What do you think we might have done differently or done better? I, I think what went really well was we um, we took it seriously as far as the adventure, planned uh, very well, uh, and anticipated options if the weather didn't cooperate. Um, I think we had we had a good handle on on what it would be like out there if the weather was poor from our experience a couple of years ago and uh, I, I just I you know I think preparation was was very good and certainly having four rather than two and 
uh, sorry, rather than three, made a big difference on the shifts. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was uh, an adventure, but I think it was a good balance between you know an adventure that we challenged and met, and yep. um, you know, getting getting here in time enough to enjoy some sort of local visiting. Mm -hmm. So it was a nice mm -hmm. a nice mix. Mm -hmm. yeah. Anything you might have done different? I thought we could have done better on this one. Um, you know, I honestly, I don't think so. I mean, it certainly would have been nice to uh, uh, have the speed and temperature transducer, but I don't think that affected any of our any of our planning. It would just been another instrument to so to, to monitor, and look at. So you're talking about this the speed the speed sensor and the yeah. uh, and the alternate dead sensor that we weren't able to mount before we left. Right, right. So that. But other than that, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I thought we did, did pretty well. Matt, what, what do you think went well? I would have wished the electronics went, went better. Uh, Whose fault is resetting that? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about uh, throwing me under the bus. <laughs> no problem there. Transducer, it was awesome that you got that thing up, let me uh, tell you. Went, uh, offline more than uh, online and we had to uh, that, that would reset be the, it. That would be the, the wind a, sensor? Uh, the wind. Yeah, the <laughs> wind sensor. We have to, uh, we just have to move things around. We have some electronics mm -hmm. work to do. Right. And uh, once we complete that, I think we'll be in a very good shape. We have to get rid of some of the old stuff and bring the new. So what Other is than it? that, yeah. everything went fine. Okay. Bill, any comments overall about the trip? Um, no, just reiterating Bob's a little bit. I think mm -hmm. the the planning, mm -hmm. uh, the 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 fact that we planned that and right. you know laid out a, a um, our options, our mm -hmm. trip plan, uh, mm -hmm. our safety, uh, prepping food ahead of time made a huge difference. Oh, yeah. I think it's oh, yeah. very important that mm -hmm. when you're when you're doing activities like this, whether it's sailing or backpacking or kayak trips or whatever that you uh, that you eat well mm -hmm. because it allows your body to function correctly mm -hmm. so that you make good decisions hopefully mm -hmm. uh, the so you know by us being able to uh, plan and and prepare and be able to serve you know hearty meals on rough seas mm -hmm. I think made a huge difference it, it would have been a lot more difficult uh, a trip with some of the uh, heavier weather that we had uh, to, to do that so I think that overall just uh, you know we had a, a, a very much of a tester of a trip uh, two years ago and I think we learned uh, an immense amount about that and how to deal with it and, and really addressed a lot of safety concerns and right. planning, uh, so right. uh, I think that was uh, that was key. Yeah, and I, I think also certainly, you know, I think it's good to note that after that trip, you know, we sat down and we wrote down sort of a, a, a list of, um, you know, uh, things we did wrong. Yeah, things we did wrong. <laughs> uh, so sort of, a, we did a lessons learned, really, oh I think what I'm grasping for. We, we did a lessons learned and we sat down and really I think each of those things was addressed on this trip. Yeah, I would, I would yeah. agree with that. And anything that you think we might have done better, Bill, or I think it was... I, I, I think it's pretty good. We got a, um, 
you know, just gotta be mindful of what everyone else is is mm -hmm. doing, and yeah. and try to be, uh, you know, think about what needs to be done on the boat first, right, and then do whatever you want to do later. So I think that's one thing. Keep that keep mm -hmm. that in mind, or be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. And I think the trips will go very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's definitely worth noting that um, we've been we planned this trip for a long time. We really had the inception for this, uh, you, you know, as a serious trip li li after last year's trip when we started talking about it. Well, then potentially even before that, because yeah. um, you know, one of our goals two years ago, when we when Jay and I went up to Beaufort, is to carry on from there, mm -hmm. and you know, having had the problem with snap snap the boom. Uh, delayed us and we never really got organized enough to to <clears throat> get it out of uh, Beaufort um, mm -hmm. and we were under organized but we decided just to bring mm -hmm. it back to Charleston yep. so but I, I think definitely um, I think definitely I would agree with everybody the planning was great here that, that we did a lot of it and I think I know Bill talked about the food but I think in terms of everybody's kind of geared out right here people sort of uh, you know, based on some conversations we had early on in the fall, uh, people came out here with the right side of sort of clothing so that we were ready for the gamut. Uh, you know, if the weather was warm, we were prepared for warm, uh, but if it was cold and wet, we were also prepared for that. I think that was a good thing. I think uh, that definitely needs to be mentioned because I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. And you know, even 60 degree weather at 2, 3 in the morning with a, a 15 knot breeze, uh, it's cold, even in foul weather gear with with long sleeve shirt under it, and long mm -hmm. trousers, uh, mm -hmm. that's and a, a hat. That's a hypothermic. You know, it's type of environment. I mean, we, we were still huddled under under blankets, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah. that's in it. it was sixty degrees, and you know, forty degrees would be unbelievably cold. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, temperature variance was yeah. extreme, especially yeah. when you're just sitting there. At night, not really doing much other than yeah. hanging on a bit, yeah. not generating any heat. Right. <laughs> I, th I think one of the other, on a bit. Yeah, one of the other things I liked about this trip was I think we all had a comfort level. Like we didn't, uh, we didn't let the auto helm do everything. We all spent time uh, turning off the auto helm, just getting you know experience uh, handling the boat un under sail. You know, I've heard, I've been in different forums where that's sort of a key thing. Like people. Something happens to the auto helmet, and then people start comfortable handling the boat. And I think you know we all increased our comfort with that. Yeah, but I think also too that uh, during the rough weather, when we were coming around, the auto helmet was uh, something that we didn't want to do without because the helm would have been un you know a half hour on the helm uh, during that weather would have been yeah. But, very, I, but I think one of the harsh. things to, to learn is that if you watch the the auto helm at work, it, it makes far less movement mm -hmm. than than we do as a human. It, it I think there's lesson to be learned on how to anticipate and wait for the next Absolutely. wave to bring you back on mm -hmm. yep. on course after right. a y'all. Um, and so it doesn't have to be as much work as we were doing it. And that brings us back to Jay's point: is you know, getting that hands-on experience is, is important. Mm -hmm. so, um, 
anyway, it was an awesome adventure. I'm kind of sorry to uh, to, to have to part our part ways and go home tomorrow. We, we had a great trip, but um, you know we have to get back to real life next week. That's right. But it, 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 it was a great run, and thank you guys. Uh, we'll do one more podcast on this trip because uh, I just really want to. I think Bill put like a lot of work into the menu, and I want to get some of that uh, for the record. And Bill and I can do that on the ride home when we have time. But uh, great job, everybody! It was a it was a good trip, and I look forward to our next one. Bye. 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 Senior years.